Hey guys, welcome back to the show. If you're, it's your first time here, my name is Lauren and this is Liam. Liam. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, Liam. Love it when I mess up my producer's first name. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have an exciting show. It's probably going to be one that's going to be getting your blood boiling by the end of it. Uh, first, we're going to start off by t- talking about Jessica Yaniv. She is, of course, the trans activist who recently got into a tiff with Lindsay Shepard that resulted in Lindsay Shepard being banned. Apparently, she has an even even sketchier past than a lot of us were aware of. Next, we're going to dive into Erica Thomas, the Georgia state lawmaker who accused this Hispanic Cuban guy of being racist, and now it turns out that maybe... She was the one who was actually calling for him to go back to where he came from. And then we have a segment on pedophilia. Just a lovely light show today. And mm. finally... Ties in nicely with the Yanov one, right? Yes, for reasons we'll be getting yeah. into. And then we're going to be ending things with a segment that I think I'm calling Trash Heap. Just a bunch of people being it's very a, trashy. It's it's more of a fun segment, but also not fun. In but also way. not fun <laughs> because they're real people. Yes. Um. So yeah, let's... Start off with Jessica Yaniv, but before we get into that, I just want to remind you guys, if you like the show, please like, share, subscribe. It helps us out a ton. Sharing, especially since YouTube deranks all of our videos pretty much now. Uh, If you're a live viewer and you want to help out, you can also give us a super chat after the stream. About an hour into the show, we will be going over all of them, answering Mm. your questions, comments, concerns. And if you really want to go that extra mile, you can, of course, go over to blazetv.com slash Lauren and subscribe using the code Lauren which will save you money on your annual subscription. Not only yeah. do you help us keep the lights on over here, but you also get access to a ton of other great shows. And yeah, like that's really what we use in lieu of Patreon, which yeah, we got not rid of. On there so anymore. it's a really great way to help support us if you can. Yeah. Okay, so let's just jump right into things. Jessica Yaniv, we actually covered her a little bit last week because of yeah. Lindsay Shepard's Twitter ban. Um, if you aren't familiar with what happened, Lindsay Shepard, the Wilfred Laurier student, Um, She had gotten into a spat with one individual, Jessica Yaniv. The two exchanged harsh words on Twitter. Shepard was banned. Yaniv was not. Um, In our video last week, we did briefly mention that Yaniv had a sketchy past, but we didn't really look into it. I was kind of only um, marginally aware. I had heard rumors of that she had done inappropriate things, but I hadn't really looked into it too much. Well, Blair White put out a good video on it, and she's in the chat right now. Hello. Yeah. Hello, Blair. Uh, Thanks for talking about this. You've really brought it to a lot of people's attention. And uh, yeah, by the way, Lindsay Shepard also is another person who has long been talking about everything Yaniv sketchy has been up to. And she, I mean, that's the reason why she was talking about Yaniv in the first place. She was trying to draw attention to everything this person had done. So she ended up getting banned for it, but still good for you, Lindsay, because I think, uh, yeah, this is important to talk about. Hopefully that ban gets reversed at some point, but I'm not that optimistic about it. I'm not, I don't, no, I don't think there's ever really been a Twitter ban that's been reversed, unfortunately. Not that I can That's probably true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we go any further in the story, though, I just want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Simply Safe. Uh, really appreciate any sponsor we have, especially since, like I said before, YouTube deranks our content and ad revenue. When you're talking about, you know, stories like this, can be slim pickings. Um, so it's Simply Safe. S I M P L I Safe. Um, If you're watching this on YouTube, we will be sure to add this into the comments, a link so you can find it. Uh, Did you guys know that according to studies, just over 10% of break-ins are planned beforehand? Most of them happen just spur of the moment. Uh, Most break-ins also happen between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. I would have thought it would would have been during the night. Apparently, that's not true. They usually happen during the day. And according to the FBI, average loss in a burglary is over $2,000. That's a lot of money, not to mention any sentimental value those items might have had for you. And what's crazy is that despite these statistics, only one in five homes actually have home security. Um, You know, I understand that a lot of companies make it really hard or expensive, complicated. Setting up home security isn't really a fun thing to do. Uh, That's why Simply Safe, in my opinion, is one of the top choices Hands down, Simply Safe protects every door, window, and room with 24/7 professional monitoring, and they make it easy on you. There's no contract, no hidden fees. It's super easy to sign up. And Simply Safe has also won a ton of awards from CNET to the New York Times, Wirecutter. Prices are fair and honest. Around the clock monitoring is just $15 a month. And what's best about Simply Safe, in my opinion, is that it only takes. Uh, let's say about an hour, I think, all in to install. So this isn't the kind of thing where you have to have some stranger come in, take hours and hours out of your day. Um, This is really easy to set up. And their video verification technology, um, when the home security system is triggered, a lot of the times people might assume it's a false alarm, 
call goes to the bottom of the list, but now with the video verification technology, Simply Safe are able to visually confirm that a break-in is happening so police can get to the scene three and a half times faster than other home security companies. So if you want this amazing deal and this awesome service, you can head over to simplysafe.com slash Lauren. That's S-I-M-P-L-I safe.com slash Lauren. You get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial so you really have nothing to lose and that's simplysafe.com slash lauren so they know that our show sent you and again that's simplysafe.com slash lauren all right before we dive more into the jessica yanov segment um i have to make a little disclaimer just because it's the reality of the day and age that we're living in it is my personal belief and i'm allowed to have my own opinion even even now uh that yaniv does not experience gender trans gender dysphoria, sorry, uh, but is instead using protections afforded to trans individuals in order to live out her sexual fantasies, all right? That's my opinion. We'll get into why I believe this in just a second. Uh, So in my opinion, like, does she deserve the label trans? I would argue that, but because of Yaniv's litigious nature um, and the way that big tech companies operate nowadays with certain protections to different classes, I just wanted to let you all know I will be referring to Yaniv as a she and using the preferred pronouns. And I know for a lot of you guys, that really bothers you. I get comments all the time. Why are you doing this? Blah, blah, blah. Look, we're a web show. We rely on these big tech companies. Um, We just saw that Lindsay Shepard was banned for trying to speak out against this. If you want to be mad at someone for this and kind Mm. of like tying the hands of independent media creators if they want to talk about this story then be mad at the tech companies be mad at people like yaniv i would very much like to keep my youtube page my twitter page etc it sucks but that's the reality all right and it's clear in in the lindsey shepherd event that yaniv was equally at fault for some saying some very derogatory exactly we talked about this there's a double standard here um you you can't touch someone like yaniv if you hope to keep your accounts in good standing i would very much like to do that we're still talking about it but i I don't know. I I don't want to rustle things up too much. Okay, so Yaniv, born Jonathan. Okay, she goes by Jessica now, though. Right? Is that right, Jessica? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she claims to be a trans lesbian. So that's someone who was born a biological male, then transitioned or now identifies as a woman, but is still attracted to other women. Okay. So she has launched suits against many female waxers for refusing to. Put simply, wax her balls. That's what our little sign is if uh, if you're watching us not on the audio-only platforms. Um, so by many accounts, though, like this is e- even besides the litigious ball waxing fiasco, uh, a lot of people are saying Yaniv is actually a sexual predator and deviant who has been accused of inappropriate behaviors with minors. So this is really what we're going to be talking about in the segment. And we have receipts. Um, so the first thing that I saw, which I thought was kind of concerning, we have, uh, an image of this. Yaniv apparently tried to host or organize a youth all bodies swim event for LGBTQ2S plus youth and their allies. So, uh, about this event, the flyer that was put out online says, join us for the first Langley youth all bodies swim event. Uh, for LGBTQ2S plus and their allies. Swim details, registration is open to youth ages 12 to 24. That's a very young age. Keep that in mind, guys. Uh, doors open at 4 p.m. Event is free with registration. Okay, this is what really drew red flags for people at first. It says that for participant privacy and safety, parents and or caregivers are not permitted in the event. That's mm. that's sketchy, right? You're inviting a bunch of 12 years old people who are 12 years old to a swim event and you're saying their parents can't come, but that other 24-year-olds are. I'm guessing that at this point, Yaniv was mm, mm. maybe about 24. Anyway. But uh, don't worry, Yaniv can watch your kids for you. Yeah, don't right? worry. There's, there's still going to be res- a responsible adult on the premises, so yeah. you don't need to worry. Just send, send your children to Yaniv. All right, and another thing that was kind of suspect is under the swim dress code uh it says wear what makes you comfortable how inclusive clothes must be clean and fresh not the ones you wear to the event um something that seems strange was it said anything below the waist must be covered what about yeah tops though that's what a lot of people were wondering about and uh 
Ian Miles Chong, actually, he's the, where I found I saw this first. There is a delegation request to appear before Township Council um, that was submitted by Jessica Yaniv. And in the topic, it says permission for LGBTQ2S plus organizations to be allowed to host an all body swim at TOL Civic Pools. Um, where these events will be restricted to LGBTQ2S and individuals will be permitted to be topless at their leisure. So it kind of seems like this was an event organized and created to draw in LGBTQ and allies youth. So just basically youth in general, have their parents not be there and have them topless. Yeah. Sounds good. I feel really bad for the kids of those parents, right? People that would actually let them go to those like, places. Like, oh, this sounds like, like a wonderful idea. Sure, like, look how not? progressive I am sending my kids to this event. Yeah. But it's like, you're putting your kids in such danger. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, just... That's insane. Just so much no to this. Like, I, I mean, I know, like, European people are maybe more loose with the whole topless things, but I, even if you are someone who, you know, is hashtag free the nipple, you have to admit, take it all together, this is sketchy AF, as, as the kids say. Um... So after that, another thing that seemed pretty suspect was there were some uh, screenshotted texts that were circling around that appeared to be between Yaniv and a minor. And actually Post Millennial, uh, which is an organization that Lindsay Shepard, I think, is a writer for, they released a pretty shocking piece. It's, it's titled 15-Year-Old Alleged Victim of Jessica Yaniv Speaks Out. And to quote the story, a young woman, Jessica Rumpel, has come forward with serious allegations of abuse against Jonathan Jessica Yaniv. Yaniv, a male-to-female transgender, has recently risen to infamy for the human rights tribunal suits she has taken out against 16 estheticians for declining to perform waxing service on her male genitals. While the suits are ongoing, a publication ban on Yaniv's name and the content of her case history was lifted during recent hearings, allowing details of her disturbing past behavior to come to light. Rumpel was just 14 years old at the time of the interactions, turning 15. Just like any other 15-year-old girl, she enjoyed having another friend to talk to, but the conversations often took an uncomfortable turn. According to Rumpel, Yaniv did not identify as transgender at any point during their interactions. She believed Yaniv simply had a fetish for bathrooms, pads, and girls' clothing, as Yaniv would also begin sending Rumpel worrying messages, inc including photos of himself in girls' jeans, asking for comments and compliments from the then 15-year-old. Yaniv often directed his comments toward menstrual stuffs, even going so far as to pester Rumpel to take photos of her used feminine hygiene products. Eventually, Yaniv's attentions turned overtly sexual. And we have some of the included screenshots of the text here. So here we have Yaniv clearly asking, how old are you again? Smiling emoji, 14, IDK if I should, LOL. Uh, and the little girl asks why, and he responds, or she responds, this is gonna get me in trouble, goodness, cause you're young, LOL. Um, and then there seems to be a point at which Yaniv is especially interested in what happens in girls' changing rooms. Yaniv says, where will I change and where will she change or will we change in front of each other? Question mark, dot, 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 question mark. Um, the little girl asks, just asks if you can use her bathroom quickly or tell her you're going to go in the bathroom. And Yaniv asks, can't I change in front of her? Would that be okay if I did? Or should I wait to see if she does first? What do I do about my pads and stuff? Like, I haven't told her. He seems, so seems very interested so in what happens in these changing rooms. Uh, this is probably the most disturbing one, though. Yaniv says, I'm so dot 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 OMG. Little girl asks, question mark. Yaniv says, you know. Little girl says, hungry. Yaniv says, it rhymes with that. Torny is what the little girl offers. Did you also ask me if I had big boobs and a big butt on and on? Yaniv says no, but then clarifies the first thing yes, the second thing no, lol. So, um, for any, like, men who may be watching this, I just want to clarify, this is not the conversation that women, girls have with each other, just about what happens in changing rooms and just uh, this obsession with... Just in case we were wondering. Just yeah. in case you were wondering. Um, and it's interesting that the whole pad thing comes up because from everything i've seen it seems that yaniv is completely obsessed with periods like there is a period fetish going on we have more screenshots of this is the kind of thing where it's like you want to look away right this is uncomfortable 
never thought my job would lead me to reading stuff like this online for everyone to enjoy, but here we are. All right. So this is another, this is a screen, uh, screenshot of conversation. I'm not sure if it's with the same person, but Yaniv is asking, so at the gym, do girls bear all? Like very, again, very interested in what is happening in these girls changing rooms. Uh, this person says most are really discreet, like changing a way that not much so shows. We walk around in towels, but that's about it. And sometimes bras and panties. Honestly, I that's pretty much what I've experienced from girls changing rooms. But Yaniv asks, do you see tits? And I think he's referring to female genitalia ever. The girl says not that I've seen. Um, and then this is really confusing. Yaniv almost, it seems like is pretending that she gets a period, which is obviously impossible because she has male genitalia. Um... She says, I think my period is going to start on Wednesday when I'm traveling to Victoria. Uh, I'm going to have to change my pad often. Every single time I take that ferry to the island, there's field trips with 10 to 12 year old girls on it each and every time. If I'm in the bathroom and a girl asks me for a pad or tampon and potentially help on how to use it. If it's her first period, what do I do? Um, This is just, it's so disturbing. And again, brings it up it sucks because on wednesday this is a, a like a different text it sucks because on wednesday i'm traveling to the island on a ferry and usually they do field trips so that means tons of 10 year old girls in the bathroom when i need to change my pads Ugh. this other person says they're young enough that it may be that it may not bother them kids are more receptive than adults yanev asks maybe is it weird to ask a 10 to 12 year old girl for a pad or a tampon okay this is completely outside the realm of normal behavior for a, a cisgendered woman, a trans woman, a just any person. This yeah. is not how people behave, right? Like there no, this is like a period fetish. Like for this is not a big deal for women. You just go to the bathroom, you do your business, you don't need to rope in any 10 or 12-year-old girls <laughs> who might be in the vicinity into participating with you. It's not how it happens. Disturbing. Yeah, this is this is sick, and it's it's, it's mind boggling that this person is protected by social media giants right now. Yes, that's the big. I, I'm having to incredible. watch what I say to not offend her sensibilities. It's unbelievable. And okay, I know what you guys might be thinking, but come on, okay, period fetish. That's weird. It's not criminal. Okay, granted, but still, I think the the fact that this is drawing in minors is yeah. really what should concern. There's a people. lot of pedophile adjacent behavior here. Right. Or, or like, yeah, it's, it's definitely a precursor, it almost seems, to that kind no, of stuff. No, you seem getting around young girls. Or... Wor- wor- worryingly fascinated with this whole young girl thing. And the, yeah. the reason why I said, in my personal opinion, my personal belief, um, I mean, I don't mean to be a gatekeeper, but I really don't think that Yaniv has gender dysphoria. I think that it's just very convenient for a predator to pretend to be a woman in order to get closer to girls. Because, yep. that you know, it's safe. This is just girl talk. It's among us girls. And, I mean, it is true that if there's, like, a young girl who might actually be going through a period for the first time, she may want to reach out to an, an older woman to have help or guidance or something like that. I think Yaniv is trying to position herself to be that person. Yeah. I, I think there's something to that. I know that one of the theories in the Catholic Church, why there's so like a higher proportion of pedophile priests is because it was an easy place for them to go in order to get access to younger people, yeah. right? It was also non-stigmatized because they didn't have to marry somebody and things like that. So this seems like it, this could be, this kind of trans movement could be a modern example of this. Yeah. We're going to have a higher Ob- proportion of obviously predators. Obviously not yeah. that every trans no, person is doing that. Absolutely not. But I think it is, we've set up an environment where someone who is a predator could, could take advantage of that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and... The, the the idea that to be a woman, you just need to identify a woman as a woman and then like that's all this said and done. Um, I understand that a lot of the people who are trying to advocate for this mentality are trying to do so to be more inclusive. But the mm-hmm. thing is, you absolutely leave yourself open to people like Yaniv. And I think if, you know, if your ideology, you've set it up in such a way where you're unable to tell someone who demands that you wax her balls to go to hell, we have a problem, right? We have lost the plot. Because, I mean, right now, according to the Canadian government, at least, what Yaniv is doing is totally, totally kosher. The way the Canadian government has it set up, there is absolutely nothing stopping someone like Yaniv from waltzing into any woman's changing room that she wants. Mm -hmm. Okay? This is a problem. And um, 
you know, I know there might be some people who say like, oh, well, you know, it's a nuanced situation. It's it's kind of complicated. It's really not, though. I mean, we have a full grown biological male who's. Well, hold on. What if it's a female penis? <laughs> that's true. It could be like. like well, that's someone it's 2019 brought, here. brought that up. Like, it, I think it's unfair to call these estheticians bigots who are refusing to wax Yana's male genitalia because I, I'm sure they would be more than happy to wax a male vagina. You know, uh, I don't even. We're in a whole different world right now. I don't even <laughs> want to think about this. Well, okay. Well, speaking of the desire or the lack of a desire to wax a stranger's male genitalia, um, Yana actually appeared on Alex Jones, which, which was is props to both of them, honestly, in, in their own way. Right. This is the clip that I think the internet needed, but we just didn't know that it needed. Yeah. So here in this clip, we have Alex Jones discussing legislation forcing someone to wax male genitals with a male to female tra transsexual that is the clip enjoy like 12 year old girls should be ready to have a transgender man as a woman in the shower and if they see his genitals they shouldn't get upset i, I don't think that's reasonable i do um actually because you know there people want to start segregating um se uh, segregating sex and from from what I've seen, well, in I mean, I don't think the average women particularly want to be around a bunch of about a, 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 around a bunch of slongs. Yes and no. Twenty nineteen is weird. That it is, yeah. It's really, really weird. Um, so good on Blair White, Lindsay Shepard for calling out this behavior. Personally, the way the Canadian government is set up, I don't know what's going to happen. With Yaniv. So far, there have been these female estheticians put out of business for refusing to wax her balls. And it's it's just so weird where this ideology of tolerance and acceptance and, you know, pro-womanness has gotten us to a point where, yeah, if, if you're a woman who doesn't want to wax someone's balls, you can be put out of business. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this, the thing with this is, and Blair kind of has mentioned this. I think there are a lot of people in the trans community who aren't talking about this because someone like Yaniv is exactly, if you're someone who hates trans, like you imagine every trans person is like Yaniv. So I think a lot of trans people um, may be inclined to not talk about it because they don't want to associate themselves with Yaniv. They don't want Yaniv being a representative of mm -hmm. what the trans community is. And I completely understand that. But I mean, the thing is, sane people can tell the difference between someone who is a trans woman and someone like Jessica Yaniv, right? I mean, if you've actually ever met someone who's trans and you have a like a good understanding of what gender dysphoria really is, um, you, you don't conflate someone like Yaniv with someone, for example, like Blair White, okay? And I just want to make sure that people know that's not what we're doing in this segment. Um, so, go so good on Blair for speaking up about this. Um, oh gosh, okay, sorry, the the screen on my computer is a, a still of Yana's face. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And I just, I hope that we we get a little bit more common sense going forward because, and we're going to get to this in our pedophile segment, but I feel like we're putting the interests of a loud vocal minority above, let's say, actual children at this point or actual women. Again, I'm not optimistic that Yaniv will be stopped at any point or that these estheticians will have their... They're just desserts and being told, no, you didn't do anything wrong. But I think at the very least, what we can do is just raise awareness about everything Yaniv has been doing. All right. So our next story, a little bit of, of a lighter one, uh, is about Erica Thomas. So I'm sure we all know the Erica Thomas story by now. She's the Georgia state legislator. She made a viral video asserting that a man told her to go back where she came from. And this was, we don't have this clip, but if you haven't seen it yet, I encourage you to watch it. During a press conference she was having, the guy who she had this converse, confrontation with actually showed up and was like, um, I didn't tell you to go back where you came from. Also, I'm Cuban. And actually, people who were going through social media history found out that not only is he Cuban, but he's actually a like an anti-Trump Democrat. So just not at all the portrait of the person that uh, 
Thomas was trying to paint. And it, it's actually been announced now that the police did an investigation into the incident and they're not pressing any charges against Sparks, which makes sense if you ask me, because well, even what if, would you charge him for? Yeah. Even, yeah like even if what she had said was accurate, like the first thing she had said about how he was telling her to go back, like that's still not illegal. No, I, I mean, I don't understand. She was calling for his arrest, by the way. That was what was yeah. going on. And it was like, what? Under Arrest for what? But yeah, by what laws? Like, what did he break? Yeah. You know? I mean, this isn't this isn't the UK yet. No, so no. yeah, so far, nothing to be arrested for. Um, so actually, and since that press conference, there's been more investigative work done around the incident. Police have obviously spoken to witnesses that were there. There's also a, a video that hasn't been released, but video uh, to the public at least, but police have seen it. And so we have this breakdown from AJC police report disputes Georgia lawmakers account of public's incident. By the way, if you're someone who lives in a state where there are publics, their fried chicken is amazing. It's so good. I just want to put that out there. All right. So a Publix employee told a Cobb County officer that she witnessed part of the conversation and heard Thomas, quote, continuously tell Eric Sparks to go back where you came from, but did not hear Sparks utter those words to Thomas. Very, very interesting. Sparks admitted to calling the Democrat an expletive during the run-in, saying he was upset she was at an express aisle in the grocery store with too many items, but he said he didn't tell her to go back to where she came from. Thomas's attorney, Gerald Griggs, said the officer's report shows the case needs additional investigation because the employee and another witness who also said he didn't hear Sparks use the phrase didn't hear the initial argument. He said he's interviewed three other customers who heard the exchange. And the article continues, Cobb authorities said Tuesday they don't intend to file criminal charges in the case after what the police department said was a thorough investigation into the confrontation. Both Thomas and Sparks have called on public to publics to release a video of the incident, which has not yet been made public. But the officer who reviewed the tape, which did not include audio, described it in the report. He wrote that Sparks did not appear to be irate during the confrontation or to have approached her with Clint's clenched fists as Thomas asserted to the officer. He also wrote that Sparks quickly retreated from Thomas as she moved his way, pointing her finger at him. When she moved towards Sparks a second time, a public staffer waved for him to leave and Thomas turned to her daughter and paid for her items, according to the report. The dispute lasted about 45 seconds, the officer wrote, and Thomas's nine-year-old was seen smiling shortly after. The public's employee, a customer service manager, told police that after Sparks accosted Thomas, he began to leave, but Miss Thomas kept running her mouth as she approached him. Sparks said, Sparks, she said, responded by repeatedly calling, calling Thomas ignorant. The employee told the officer that she did not hear either of them use profanity. So that's a pretty different yes. image of the event than she'd originally painted. It seems like the only one that someone is reporting said go back to where you came from is Thomas to Sparks. Yeah, that's right. And he did he did admit to using an expletive against yeah, her. Yeah, he did. Which is... I think the B word is what he admitted to yeah, calling her. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. not like a, a racial expletive or something like that. Yeah, it just was a regular swear word to use when you're getting into a fight with someone out of Publix. Yeah, and by the Nothing way, she's racial. like, she's much larger than him as a human being. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's taller and broader shouldered and... Yeah, I just, it didn't, I didn't buy it when I saw them side by side. I was like, wow. Like, she's got 50 pounds on this guy. Yeah. Easily. Um. So... Thomas isn't letting this go, though, in spite of the fact that like, this is on video, witnesses aren't corroborating what she said. Uh, it seems, and we have a clip of this, she did a press conference. Um, apparently, she's, I think, trying to twist the original narrative, not so much focusing on, oh, I was a, a black woman who was told to go back to my country woman, yeah, yeah, by a racist white guy. It seems like she's now saying, oh, I was a woman who was harassed and made to feel unsafe. So that's what I think her and her lawyer are trying to go after now. Um, they're trying to say that Sparks like threatened her or in physically intimidated her, which I mean, again, based on the size discrepancy, I don't know, but and also his demeanor, he looked totally chill and like I way mean, more calm than she was. Yeah, yeah, she walked forward with the finger wagging. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, but we have a we have that press conference. I started to tear up, but I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. And I was scared for my life because, again, this man left out of the grocery store, came back in the grocery store just to tell me a piece of his mind. I don't know what he came back in with. I don't know any of those things. I was scared for my life. 
So at that moment, did I call the police? Did I do it? I ran out of that store after I paid for my groceries. I didn't want to spoil my daughter's moment. I let her pay for her groceries with her card. Like she padded me a card. I put, put it in the meter. She, she gave her back her card. She did what she had to do. And then we left. And I looked around outside. I, all I could say when I was outside, I said, hurry up, Coda, please. Let's get these groceries in. Let's get these groceries in. She was like, Mom, why did he say that? Why did he do that to you? Why would he say those things? I don't understand what's going on. I'm like, Coda, just get in the car. Not knowing if this man is still in the parking lot, if this man is still trying to do something, not knowing and fearing for my life from what I've seen all over this country where people have just taken justice upon themselves and tried to take justice on themselves and have hurt people. Not knowing what was going to happen to my life next. I got in that car and I left. I called my husband. My husband said, park, Erica, park. You're upset. Park, park. I said, no, I have to get home. I got to get home. I got to get home. I got to get home. I don't want a coder to see me like this. I need to get in the room. I need to get, I need to sit down. I don't know. From where I'm saying, standing, it seems like Thomas was in the wrong. Uh, got into a fight with someone over grocery store items. And honestly, I can easily imagine both her and Sparks kind of overreacting to the situation. But now she's trying to paint herself as a victim in like by any means possible. Yeah. No matter what the narrative racism, uh, like how I felt unsafe. I, I don't know. I, if I were her, I would just want to let this go at this point, frankly. I'm surprised. Yeah, bury it immediately. Yeah. I'm this surprised is... she's still keeping up. And also asking for the footage to be released is very brave. I felt like That's it's bold. like it's like a it's it's you know, she's faking it at first, like, oh, release it, please. But yeah. you know, I think that what we'd see there is pretty clear, just based on the way she talked to him at another press conference, right? Like I said, very well, aggressive. And even after the incident where he showed up at her press conference, she kind of seemed to walk it back a little bit. I was like, well, I'm not going to say that he said, go back to where you came from exactly. But he was using sort of, you know, I had the impression. I was like, what? So he didn't say that? Um Anyway, now she's saying that she just felt unsafe. Yeah. Um, what 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 interests me about this story, frankly, I don't actually care what happened between Sparks and Thomas at the grocery store line in the Publix. Um, I just don't think it's that interesting a story. Funny that. But what's interesting to me is how people have reacted to the story, right? Because when Thomas posted that first video of her talking about what happened and crying after she was told to go back to her country by this racist white guy that, you know, Trump had emboldened and this is happening all over the place, people ate that up. Of that course. went viral. Yeah. People were quick to condemn Trump and the send her back chance. Yeah. I mean, the outrage over the story was unbelievable. Well, I think that that's what she was exploiting exactly, right? That's for where sure. the story came from. It was the big idea. Wow, I'm going to get a lot of attention for doing this. And uh, yeah, I think convenient. I think that has worked for her in terms of attention. I would like to see it backfire. Um, but I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's the same thing any time one of these stories doesn't end up to be how it's portrayed, right? Covington Catholic. Yes. Turns out, no, it wasn't just racist white children looking for Native American men to bully. Doesn't matter. I mean, I don't really think any, you know, any big media outlets came and apologized. I think SC Cup maybe apologized. But aside from that, they just kind of buried the story after it was over. Same thing with the Jesse Smollett. Yep. Um, you know, Tim Pool and I think some local stations were very much on, like, on it. Um, covering what the police were saying about how Smollett had faked it and everything. But I mean, p p places like CNN, people like Kamala Harris, who had originally yeah. talked about it, they don't... I would say Jesse Smollett not charged. And then no. like, they would basically end. You yeah, know, they, like... they just don't want to don't want to talk about it anymore. And what's frustrating to me is like you compare the outrage over this story where someone supposedly got told to go back where you came from at a grocery store line to like the relative silence after the ICE incident where an Antifa member, who, who someone who claimed to pledge allegiance to Antifa, tried to firebomb an ICE facility. Yeah. It's, it's like night and day. And it, that's why when it comes to like this online liberal indignant outrage, or should I say, I'll say leftist instead. Um, it just, I, I don't care. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I saw after um, like the send her back chant, for example, I saw so many conservatives like 
falling over themselves to apologize for Donald Trump or clarify that they're one of the good ones. And it's like, don't bother. These people aren't actually that, that outraged, all right? If they would be this concerned about unity in the country and bringing people together, um, then they would be upset about people like Andy No being beaten up by Antifa. But they're not. And it's because they genuinely don't actually care about any type of unity. They just want orange man bad. Okay, and for an example of this double standard here, we have a, an old tweet from Rashida Tlaib. Um, Donald Trump ban all Muslims entering U.S. and she says deport this a-hole. I didn't, I don't remember anybody being that upset about that. Yeah, that sounds awfully like what Trump was saying, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, she's called Donald Trump a mother effer not yeah. long ago at all. I don't remember people it's being crazy upset about it. People be... have no trouble calling Donald Trump on American. Yeah. But when Donald Trump says that uh, he he questions the I don't know, like the love that Elon Omar has for the United States, then people say it's racist. Like you don't you don't actually care. Like let's just both of us, let's be honest, you don't actually care, which is fine. I mean, I don't care about Trump's tweets that much. I'm okay with saying it, but it's like just don't put on that faux moral outrage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's really crazy that you have both people. I mean, Trump does it too, where he's very, very vocal and says some very risky things online. But people like that that can just drop f bombs and be representing people yeah. on the highest level of the nation is crazy that you could have that. Like that would never happen even ten years ago, right? Mm -hmm. That's it's just uh, we are really in a clown world right now. We are, and which is hey, if you're someone who thinks it's like fine and trendy that Rashida Tlaib did that, okay, but then you can't go around and be like indignant that Trump said. I mean, like horse face is probably <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's yeah, in a... Trump's mind. That's like in, that Trump has done that stands out of my mind the most. But yeah, so I'm just tired of the double standard here. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm tired of the phony outrage. That's why I don't care. I just don't care anymore. I don't comment on stuff really. Yeah. I mean, if it's like just some minor thing that I like, like politics that people are pretending to be upset about. I just don't care, so I'm just not going to talk about yeah, it Yeah, well, anymore. the truth is we're, like, preaching to the choir, right? Like, they're fully aware that they have a double standard, I think. Yeah. They, they just don't care. They're like, all right, yeah, you point out we have a double standard, but I'm just going to ignore that you've ever said anything. So yeah, it doesn't... Yeah, they don't care. All right, um, next story. This one is another serious one, another uncomfortable one. Pedophilia. Hello, demonetization, if, it, if you weren't already here. Um, so there are some people out there, and... Uh, like, I don't want to be hyperbolic and say that it's a lot of people, but there are definitely at least some people out there who are trying to destigmatize pedophilia. And that's not me putting words in their mouth. That's literally what they describe themselves as, as trying to do. Um, one of the earliest examples of this behavior that I can at least think of was a TED Talk that really is infamous now where the speaker was saying that pedophilia is not something people can change. So therefore it doesn't make sense to stigmatize it. And we actually have a short clip of that because Ted talks, those people are notoriously sensitive about copyright, but we have a little bit of that video here. From an emotional point of view, I can kind of understand that you want to, would want to eliminate these people from society. However, it doesn't make sense. And that's because we're talking about biology. We're talking about a sexual orientation, something that we simply cannot change. So it's not practical to eliminate these people from society. They haven't done anything wrong. I mean, the slippery slope thing yeah, kind of seems more valid <laughs> by the day. Uh, since then, there's also been that documentary and article, which we did an entire show about a, a while ago about the no. virtuous pedophile the, the, the uh, minor attracted persons right that's yeah. the new thing that they're trying to brand themselves as because that's part of the lgbtq yeah pedophile yeah. pedophile that just has too much negative press on it um so yeah that that guy's name is todd nickerson also he looks like he looks the part yeah people like, i really and I, it's incredible people were like mad at me when i said he looks like a pedophile but it's like this guy is like saying and coming out that he's a pedophile. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry I'm if you look like to him, say but that he looks like a yeah. pedophile. He absolutely looks like a pedophile. Um, yeah, so he he kind of came out in this like this video and this article, sympathetic interview, saying I'm a virtuous pedophile. Uh, I, you know, I can't change this about myself, but I would never hurt a child. And then it turns out uh, chat logs were released that he has tried to romance several minors. The internet doesn't forget Todd. Um, and like you said, now there is also this effort by us again. A select few people this is not everybody but some are trying to get these minor attracted persons pedophiles 
brought under the umbrella of the LGBTQ2SS plus whatever. Right. Um, and actually, uh, Shoe On Head, she recently kind of highlighted this study, which is by an academic. Um, I'm not like that, so am I gay? The use of queer spectrum identity labels among minor attracted people. So here, not only are we using the term minor attracted people, which right there is, I'm sorry, but a dog whistle to the pro-pedophilia movement, but we're also like, trying to bring them into the, like associate them more with the LGBT movement. And so we're clear, I'll, there are LGBT activists who are so vocal that this is, not the norm. This doesn't represent them. They don't want pedophiles in their movement. Um, I, I think the pedophiles don't care, though. They're trying to gain acceptance and become mainstream in, yeah. in any way possible. But I also think the LGBTQ does flirt a lot more with that stuff than they used to with with people like Desmond is amazing and, and incorporating mm -hmm. children that into is, their events, true. which which I think is just a perfect breeding ground for Pedophiles. pedophiles to hide in again like like we may be seeing with people we've already spoke about on the show today yeah it's so super disappointing and we're seeing more and more of this again i don't want to be hyperbolic that's it. everywhere but they're more prominent than they used to be i was on twitter the other day and i saw that people were raising issues about a documentary that's on Amazon Prime called I Pedophile. And so that's mainly what I wanted to talk about. I almost don't want to say that sentence, right? Or just say the name of that. You feel yeah, like that's not that's not gonna that's be being good for logged. Our, yeah. our metadata either. No. Um so I saw people on Twitter being very upset that Amazon would host something so awful. But the thing with documentaries is that just because you want to explain or explore or understand a topic, that doesn't mean you necessarily condone it. Yeah, I agree. Right? With that I, I watch documentaries about serial killers all the time that i would not say are pro serial killer it's just you know you no but it is enough to cause people like me concerned <laughs> they're interesting okay uh -oh. um yeah it's just it's there's nothing wrong with wanting to explore a topic understand it especially from a psychological standpoint so i yeah I, if you could like prevent more yeah, pedophiles from spawning in, in some way yeah, so yeah. you know when i saw this documentary i looked it up it's not on amazon prime canada it is on Amazon Prime, if the in which the United is weird States. because it's a Canadian production, I believe. Really? Um, well, why does it not surprise? I know me that's that what I thought Canadian? too. I was like, uh, like darn of it. course it is. Gosh darn it! Yeah. yeah, the only like good media that comes out of Canada is apparently pedophilia films, and <laughs> I think The Expanse was filmed here. That's all I like we got. That. All right, so yeah, I I wanted to actually watch the documentary first before I jumped to jump to conclusions about it because a lot of the people that I saw were just kind of screenshotting it and being outraged, but I was like in Amazon's defense, maybe it's not what people think. Um, so I actually watched the film. It's only about an hour long. If if you are curious about it, you want to explore it for yourself. We have the trailer, or at least part of it here. Pedophilia expert, Dr. James Cantor's groundbreaking and controversial hypothesis that pedophilia is a developmental disorder in the brain resulting in sexual attraction to children attempts to demystify the causes of pedophilia. This documentary does not seek to vilify or condemn pedophiles or to undermine the concerns and fears of parents and society, but rather to understand pedophilia. I pedophile. So like I said, I watched the documentary with an open mind. Um, and I'm not sure if this is the perspective that the filmmakers themselves have, because really this the whole thing is just kind of interviews with either either pedophiles or, um, I guess, psychologists, mental health professionals. I'm not attributing this belief to the director or whatever, but from what the people were saying, this film is absolutely filled with the exact same kind of pedophilia apolog apology, apologism? I don't know if that's a word, but like we know for, what you mean. For apologists, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, it's the same thing. Uh, it's an hour. It was the same of rhetoric. Of same defending. exact rhetoric. Um, they yeah. interview these pedophiles and they talk about how society is so demonizing and unaccepting of them. You know, pedophiles are the only group it's okay to say openly that you want to kill and all mm -hmm. that stuff. And it's all about boo-hoo, poor me, I'm a pedophile. Like in these people's minds, they are absolutely... The victim. There is one thing that I do love about pedophiles, though, because whether you're left wing or right wing, typically 99% of people can unite and we say, can all agree. we do not like pedophiles. Yeah. You know? 
And that's what's nice. This, despite what the pro-pedophile apologists might be trying to tell you, there is a reason for that. Um, it's because they're pe- it's because they're pedophiles, right? <laughs> it's because not only yeah. do they like molest children, but they're just in general being attracted to children. That in and of itself is enough to make you yeah. widely, widely hated. And this this one pedophile in the film, and this really I I couldn't believe it when I heard it. He he's recounting being arrested on child pornography charges for possessing child pornography, which he was convicted of and sentenced to prison for. And he complained that um, when they seized his drive and all of his photos to look to see how much child pornography he had, that they didn't give him back his family photos. That's rough. You are not the victim here, okay? I'm... I was going to say I'm sorry, but no, I'm not even sorry. Like, you are just not the victim. And he was also complaining that um, a lot of the other inmates uh, tried to beat up pedophiles. Good. Like, good for the inmates, right? Because not only is yeah, someone who's some in justice there, within there a pedophile, yeah. you're clearly a pedophile who's done something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, yeah, I don't... No sympathy there. And what one thing that I did think was interesting uh, about the film is that it goes into how according to researchers and this is controversial to talk about but i I don't think anyone is helped by ignoring it but uh, from everything we've seen so far pedophilia isn't something that can be cured it's actually like a mental condition and something like 70 percent of people that get released from jail or whatever it is high recidivism yeah yeah it's it's a very high because i mean there are these pedophiles saying like what just because i'm attracted to children that doesn't mean i'm going to molest or assault them and it's like well that would be like a straight man telling you i will never touch a woman and i will never look at any pornographic images of a woman yeah i know some christian guys who have told me that i'm skeptical committed the sin of lying yeah but and no and it's just like that's yeah i just don't believe these pedophiles who say they are quote virtuous and also i we mentioned this in the other show we did about pedophilia not molesting children does not make you virtuous absolutely that that's is the status the quo literal that's the... <laughs> bare minimum you need to do to not be considered an evil piece of crap so yeah yeah sorry that doesn't make you a good person but the the psychologist spoke about how on average pedophiles are lower iq than the average person um they're also slightly shorter apparently the amount that they're they're shorter than the average person is double the amount of height decrease that they see among people whose mothers smoked while pregnant so it is Mm. a a marked difference they're more like way more likely to be left-handed as well and they said that the only groups that have the same amount of prominent left-handedness are schizophrenics and autistic people so like there are kind of several key markers that go yeah. along with pedophilia is in the brain if you see a short left-handed person you need to just do do violence <laughs> no, no, I'm, not, I'm, jo- I'm joking I'm not, of course no one's, but... <laughs> no one's advocating that all those those but poor left-handed people but this all kind of feeds into the idea that you can't change pedophilia right and pedophilia apologists say this because in their minds that means oh therefore we should destigmatize it because these people can't haven't made a choice it. yeah they, they haven't, haven't made a choice they haven't done anything wrong it's a lot what they say right yeah um i don't know about you but i'm of the opinion i don't care if it was a choice or not well like, i don't care the way that i see it is i'm all for researching this stuff i'm even willing to be empathetic that this that they have this kind of disposition but at the same time as soon as you know that someone has some kind of incurable biological need for harming people around them whether they're a psychopath mm-hmm. or they're a pedophile or any other variety it's natural of to not trust them it's not just not trust them but you need to separate them from society I agree. you need to protect people from them and it's not it doesn't have to do with punishing them it doesn't have to do with rehabilitating them because we know that that typically doesn't work you can't you can't rehabilitate this it can't be changed as far as we know right yeah but it only has to do it doesn't have to do with justice necessarily it just has to do with we need to make people safe from potential harm that's that's all it is to me you know so that's the way that i approach this whole situation it's like i'm sorry this way but you know you have to you have to be put behind bars forever that's what i and i feel like the people who are these pedophile apologists that's what i was trying to say earlier um i think they're not worried enough about the children right they're coming at these all these poor pedophiles i'm so, it's so sorry you know this you're this like 0.5 percent of the population or maybe up to one percent and you're so demonized I, I mean let's talk about the children all of the children who have been sexually abused well 
Actually, I, I do know a lot of people in, in the field of psychology, studying psychology now, and they say that some people actually argue that, well, not all children are harmed by these types of relationships. Some of them, you know, it's, it's fine and it's normal within certain societies. Look at ancient Greece, they'll say. You know, and I think that we've come to a point that is just like I'm sure there are also other societies where it was perfectly fine to just shoot pedophiles on the spot. If I, we're talking about this kind of cultural relativism, yes, there are other societies that I would point to that I think have a much better, I guess, handle of, of, of these things than than we currently do now. Because that's this documentary was kind of a red pill for me because it's like if there's no chance for rehabilitation or a cure then why do we ever let these people out of jail? If the recidivism rate is so high and we know it's this high because they can't change, then shouldn't like shouldn't they just be castrated, like chemically or physically? And in fact, a lot of them get released early from jail, right? Because it's considered like, like not... Like good behavior. Like, good oh, behavior and it's not really their you fault. Haven't, you haven't molested any children while you're in here, so clearly you're, you're free to go. <sighs> Unbelievable. And so the notion that some of these pedophiles, you know, they're saying there's nothing wrong with being a pedophile. It's the actions, but you, you can be a pedophile and knocked out, not act out on it. I mean, I, I think that's very, very unlikely. But okay, if you are a pedophile and you say that you're, you would never actually hurt a child. Um, if you, if you actually want like me to trust you, what you could do is, is you could castrate yourself. <laughs> I will be much more trusting that. All but right, you know, right, the, right. the way, yeah. if if that were me, and I had like these uncontrollable thoughts, but I also had a moral compass and I knew how wrong and sick it was. I would want that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I also, that for myself. what I don't know is how much the data supports that, that the castration actually helps. Well, I mean, so, if you have no libido. Yeah. Again, I need to look into it more, but I've, I've heard mixed things. I've heard that it's not necessarily. I would very given, much encourage so. these psychologists to pursue this route of research because I mean, Hey, you know, like if if we can't help him, like if we can't cure him, then well, it's better than leaving them locked in jail, presumably. I would think. Is it right? though? Like, well, a... if if they have a choice, the taxpayers aren't paying money for them forever. Yeah, first of all, that's another thing, right? One and then, snip and then you're done. So that's that's what I'm saying. Is maybe it's a better option. Who knows? But we yeah. probably need a little bit more. But still, like the fact weird that, research into the that. The fact that these pedophiles who are supposedly so virtuous haven't themselves demanded that. I don't trust them. Like, I, I don't know. If you're that disgusted with yourself, you should be trying to, uh, trying a little bit harder to get rid of these urges and spending less time crying to the media about how you're so demonized. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the the film itself, I I don't know if it, like, I, I, I'm not going to try to boycott Amazon for hosting it because I think it is interesting. I, I very much disagree with it. But, I, you know, we would love to know what you guys think about this. It's a disturbing issue but unfortunately it's it's becoming more and more relevant like we're talking about this more and more because if you think about it like the amount of trans things that we see apparently like there's a similar proportion of trans people to pedophiles right if we're talking about one percent mm -hmm. interesting to think of all right our final segment i'm just gonna call the trash heap because it's just like we have a lot of stories yeah Three. we're just a rapid fire kind of segment almost of uh just people being garbage absolute yes, garbage yeah, yeah. um some people worse than others so this first story is a sad one there was a woman who threw her baby to the ground in order to fight someone and the baby ended up dying yeah it's 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 awful um so we have a photo here of there was i think a security camera in the parking lot where this happened and you see like this woman just holding this baby the, that's the other woman she got into this confrontation with apparently she just chucked him to the ground so that she could fight this person here's gotta do what she got to do oh gosh here's what this uh walb news says woman charged after baby falls during fight later dies speaks out on mother's behalf on july 19th the two women got into a fight at thomas beauty supply during the fight the three-month-old fell from the mother's arms onto the pavement lieutenant freddie williams with mpd said the baby was taken to Calcutt regional medical center on july 20th so that's a day after in case anyone is keeping track for a head injury the baby later died from his injuries from the fall the mother karen lashon lashon hannah harrison 26 was charged with felony murder first degree First degree cruelty to children, second degree cruelty to children, simple battery and affray, i.e. fighting. So I think she should just be sterilized. Like I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> You're really on that train today. Yeah, I'm mad. Just like yeah, everyone she's... is being crappy today. It's not my fault. Like I lean libertarian in a lot of ways. Free speech, economic freedoms. I admit when it comes to children, I am like full on bring the hammer down. 
these people need to be controlled. Take care of your damn kids. Don't let pedophiles near them. Don't throw them to the ground in the park. Like these are such and simple. Then not, not only that, but she didn't take the kid. The big problem was that she after That's, the yeah, kid was bleeding, bleeding from the head, I believe, right? To the hospital right away. Yeah, she, she waited. She waited till the next day. And uh, then he succumbed to his wounds. Oh, so God, like this is it's so maddening. Like the that, idea that, oh, parents know what's best for their children. No, not all parents. No. No, parents, like anyone else, can be stupid people. In fact, actually, sadly, based on current fertility data, I'd say it's mostly stupid people who are having kids. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that, definitely. Um, <sighs> what's worse in this story, too, is that they both lied to the cops. There was a woman, the mother and her friend both said that a, fa a family friend actually dropped the baby. It wasn't It yeah. wasn't the mother. It didn't matter because she was really getting charged for... Yeah, someone dropped a baby and didn't take the baby right, to Right, that's what, that's what the real charge is, but they have it on camera as well, so... Yeah. Yeah, that's why there's a third party being charged with for uh, lying, I for, think. for lying yeah. to the, the officers. Yeah, so that's I, this is the worst case because not only like you're what? what are you doing? You're getting into a fight with someone in a beauty supply parking lot with your baby, and then like you could say, oh, heat of the moment, but then you still didn't take your baby to the hospital after that. So it's like this is just bad parenting all around, and it is so sad that this child had to pay the ultimate price for their mother being a trash person. Oh, gosh. All right. So next we have, don't worry, this d doesn't involve any children. Thank goodness. Um, there was a viral Disneyland fight. Well, it sort of does involve children, actually. Well, were there kids being punched? Not being punched, but, but there, were there, there, were yeah, there, there were kids, kids in the strollers there. as this happened. We, this happened earlier in the month. Yeah. So, yeah and uh, a... we, we don't have a video of it because there's like licensing issues. Yeah. yeah. This person's we have some very stills of protective it of their footage. But yeah, we have some stills. So, as you can see, this is very much in, is it Disney? Yeah, so Los Angeles, so that'd be Disneyland, it's in I guess. Toontown, I believe. Is that what it is, Toontown? It looks like that. Gosh, I don't, I don't yeah. know the place. So here we have this yeah. man, he, pulling this woman's hair, and then in, in the other image, like another woman being punched by this other person. If you actually watch the video of this happening, this is like, there's like five people who are Just like in and out brawling in and out brawling with each other and what's shocking is that like there's this one woman at at a point is like being punched in the face by this man and no one comes to help her. No, everybody's watching. They everybody's got the phones just out. watching. But I mean, to be World fair, star. it seems like a lot of people have their kids around. So maybe they didn't want to. Yeah. And also to be really fair is that I wouldn't know what the heck. I don't, I still don't know what's going on. Yeah. In this who, fight. like who started the, the guy, what's happening? So the guy in the pink shirt, if, if you see the photos there, um, the, the gentleman in the pink shirt was actually fighting his sister and brother-in-law, but not only that, his own girlfriend. <laughs> so... He he's just uh, fighting everybody, and they're all they're all actually in one big family. Yeah, but that's that's what you told me that they were one family, and I, I asked myself after like, is it more trashy to get into a fist fight with strangers at Disneyland or to get into a fist fight with your own family at Disneyland? <laughs> that's a tough question. That is a tough question. Oh, just. But what is new about people. the story is that they're being charged. Yeah, so we we have a. NBC News reporting on it here. It says three family members in viral Disneyland brawl video face criminal charges. Three members of a family who were caught on video in a chaotic brawl at California's Disneyland earlier this month are facing criminal charges, prosecutors said Tuesday. Avery Robinson, 35, his sister and Andrea Robinson, 40, and her husband, Damon Petrie, 44, are charged in connection with the fight, which broke out in the middle of Disneyland's Toontown as children were around the Orange County District Attorney's Office office announced. A bystander's video of the fight, which went viral after it was posted on YouTube, showed a man spit on a woman and hit her in the face. He later pulled her hair. Then another man and woman got involved and more punches were thrown. And what's crazy is that even in the video, there are people asking, like, where's security? Yeah. Get security here. But it's like, to be fair to Disneyland, I don't think they expect this type of thing to happen. Who is this angry at Disneyland? I mean, maybe if a ride breaks down, you're a little... But, like, this is not normal behavior. Yeah, this guy was nuts. He actually... There's allegations that he tried to hit a Disneyland worker with his car on the way out as well. Yeah. So he's, he's office rocker, definitely. And and he's only facing up to seven years in jail on top of that, is, is what I read. And I think that that's very concerning to someone like that because... It's they are clearly off their rocker. Like, like I was talking about people that are violent yeah. earlier. Like this guy, this guy was yelling, I'm ready to go to jail. And <laughs> you're yelling, I'm ready to go to jail as you punch your own girlfriend in the face at Disneyland. Yeah. And then you leave and you try to hit a Disney worker with your car. It's like, this guy is a, like a, a murder waiting to happen. It's, you know, it's insane. Uh, gosh. Okay. We got one more. 
Um, oh, wait, sorry, we have more on that. A uh, little bit more from NBC News. At one point, children were heard crying in the background. At another point, an elderly woman who appears to be part of the group got up from an electric wheelchair, wound up fa falling to the ground in the midst of one of the scuffles between the two women. And yeah, Avery Robinson, who I think is the guy you were talking about, is accused of attacking his sister, mm -hmm. brother-in-law, and girlfriend during the fight, and later threatening to kill the couple by making a gun sign with his hand and pointing it at them. He is also accused of trying to hit a Disneyland employee with his car as he left the park, according to the Orange County District Attorney's Office. What was in your like these people people's minds? Like, did they go to Disneyland together? What was the fight about? I have questions. I don't, I, don't, I don't want answers. I Honestly, I don't. I don't want to think about those things. Yeah. All right. So Holy our, moly. our final trash heap story. Uh, a little bit more funny. Yeah, a little bit more. Georgia woman barged into McDonald's kitchen, fired gun because her fries were cold. All right. A Georgia woman reportedly barged into McDonald's restaurant kitchen and fired a shot into the floor after complaining that her fries were cold. Police allege that the suspect intended an armed robbery. According to the W, according to WTOC, the manager at the McDonald's on August Drive in Garden City had gone back to get the woman some new fries when she followed behind with a gun. Also, oh, they were trying to fix it even. Not that this, otherwise it would be justified. Uh, the woman had left the McDonald's restaurant by the time Garden City Police arrived at around 2.50 p.m. on Monday afternoon, but they soon after stopped her car and arrested her. She is also held on charges of fleeing a police officer for a felony offense, armed robbery, aggravated, aggravated assault, battery, possession of a firearm during an attempt to commit certain felonies, and reckless conduct. Yeah. So, so if you didn't catch, she she tried to flee from the police. Yeah. After it was just this is not her, it was event. not homegirls yeah. day. No. Having a rough day. But you get cool fries, you know, from McDonald's. Yeah, it's like I'm not yeah, saying I, I, I condone it, but I I get it. Um, no, so like stories like the three we just talked about are what makes me pessimistic about the state of the human race. Like I yeah. I well, swear to goodness, like no, but this is why I honestly like I don't believe humans are inherently good. I really don't. Oh no! I mean, I, I'm not going to make that argument. Definitely not. But I, but I will say that this kind of stuff comes to all of our attention because it's negative, and you know, it's it's funny too. That that like all these, all of them are well, except for the child dropping one. I didn't find that funny no, at all. But funny. the other ones, I are, are funny in their own dark way. You know. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No. So, this is and frankly, this is also why I'm very skeptical of direct uncontrolled democracy. Like, oh no, you know, I never. feel like that should be its own thing. Like, if you get get caught on camera punching people at a Disneyland, even if you don't end up going to jail, I feel like you should not vote. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh... Like anytime you try to hold up a McDonald's because they give you fries. No, yeah, any no, no matter why, okay? Just holding up a McDonald's, okay, you lose your right to dictate what happens in society. Yeah. So this was a, pe a pessimistic segment, but stuff like this happens way too often. Just type in Florida man in Google. See what pops up. It's going to make you just hate society. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, so I, I think on that note, we're going to leave things. We, we promise we'll have a more positive segment for you guys next week. Do we, though? Yes. I, I'll, I'll make it happen. Don't worry, guys. Okay, we'll try. Uh, in any case, though, thank you guys so, so much for tuning in. And if you are one of our live viewers, be sure to stay on the stream because we are going to be back in just a few seconds with some exclusive Q&A. But aside from that, thanks for tuning in and we will see you next week.